I'm ready when you are. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. For the first time in a while, our schedules have allowed us to come together and share some good things. Good things, guy. Red Litigue on a Zoom. Hello. Happy Monday. Hi, Danny and all the listeners. I'm so excited to be back on the show. Um, it has been... It's been a while. It's been a it's been a vibe. Like like the country's just crazy. Uh, my workload is mad. The schedules are unreal. But I'm here. It's a Monday night, and I'm excited to be back on Jacaranda. How are you, my friend? I'm I'm good. I I haven't as much as I haven't been able to chat to you. I haven't stopped going to GoodThingsGuy.com. And just browsing and getting some good vibes, you know? So even though you haven't been on the show, you've definitely still been with me and in my head. And more than once, we've actually spoken about one of your stories because they're just so necessary and you need some good things in your world. Look, this is exactly why the website exists and it's exactly why I keep doing what I do and why I'm still researching and reporting on good news um, as much as I can every single day because I really don't want South Africans to lose hope during this time. I know it's been traumatic. I know it's been overwhelming. I have had the same battles with monsters in my head that many of you have. um, And the one thing that gets me through tough times is to know that there is still good news happening in the world. And I, and I hope that that, that that job that I do and that, that, that I keep doing um, can just inspire a couple of people along the way to get through today. That's, I mean, that's, then, I've, then I've won, then I'm done. Well, you've won because you're inspired. You've already inspired me this morning. Um, lots of animal things happening. Big fire in Cape Town. Um, mental health awareness and and more animals. So let's get straight into some good things. You can find all of them on goodthingsguy.com. But I want to talk about a charity that's collecting glass to pay for vet bills. And now on the, the, the reason <laughs> that I'm asking you about this is because I recycle my wine bottles. And I think that this would be great because I would give someone my wine bottles. So, Dan, there's actually two things here, um, which is really, really, really interesting. The first being this incredible story. Um, it's, it's a company called Recycling for Animal Welfare. Um, which translates to raw. They call themselves raw. But um, they collect glass, which they then in turn send to the glass recycling company. They get paid for that and they help with vet bills, which is just an absolutely beautiful thing to do. As we know, um, the vet can be really, really expensive. And we all love our animals, but we're all going through a really tough time right now. So this has just given um, people who may uh, have taken their dogs in or pets in, cats in to be treated. It gives them a little bit of a breather to help them. Um, I need you to go visit the article because there are 12 drop-off points where you can actually take your glass to, um, to be assisted. But what's really cool is the charity has raised already 13,000 rand to help um, people within this time. Uh, and it was specifically... Uh, an, an account that was uh, for an injured dog um, and it just helped them get through that time and support them. But I wanted to add in here, um, and this is a little punch for my jackpot tomorrow morning. Um, I got to interview an incredible, incredible human being called Josh Nuttall. Um, and Josh is part of a company 
that has created and and formulated and crafted and bought in these reverse recycling machines that they are popping up all over the country. Mm. And what that means is instead of going to a drop-off point perhaps to drop off uh, all sorts of recycling, so whether it's plastic, glass, um, paper, cardboard, they've got a whole bunch of metal, they've got a whole bunch of things that they accept. And what you do is, I'm not, it's called Imagine the Earth. So you download the app, the app goes on your phone, you scan a barcode like a Coca-Cola bottle, it then tells you how much money, real money, cash dollar, you'll get back for that recyclable good. And when you take it to the reverse uh, vending machine, you pop it in, it sucks up that piece of recycling and you immediately get money in your wallet on the app. What that means that you yourself, Danny, can recycle and then donate that money to charities, which is what? an easier way of doing it as well. Okay, no, wait. This is the whole genius dude. What time? I want this podcast. Half for seven tomorrow, jackpot, right? Half past seven tomorrow. Uh, it will be on Jackpot, on the Jacaranda website. I promise you, my mind was blown when I heard about this, this incredible initiative because it's not, it's not just up in the air. He's developed an app. Um, he's got these recycling vending machines that are all over the country. At the moment, I forget the number, but there's, there's about 20 that are around the country, and they're hoping by the end of the year they're going to have over 60. There's one that's opened in... Um, KwaZulu-Natal, that is not just the vending machine. It's a whole container to help the informal uh, waste pickers so that they can get direct money in the areas what? that they are sorting the waste from. It's, the, the concept is incredible. It's, it's, it was such an uh, interesting show and an interesting person to chat to. Oh my gosh, no. I'm in for this. I'm in, in, in. I will get up early to listen to your jackpot tomorrow, Brenda Nikki, because this is something I can get behind. One million percent. Thank you for finding these great people. Yeah, no, um, they come to me, hey? I don't ever, I mean, I'm blessed. Um, the universe keeps giving me uh, these stories and these people that are doing good things in our country. And I think that's always a reminder um, that even though we're faced with so much tragedy and trauma, there are continuously, every single moment of every single day, good South Africans doing incredible things. Mm. And we need to, we need to celebrate them. I want to celebrate another good South African who in lockdown was running in his passage. Now he's running outside. Henry Cock is running to raise awareness <laughs> for South African depression and anxiety group. Tell me about this. I love this dude. This dude inspired me hard. Like I read this no, but listen. and I was like, I was like looking at my passage and I was like, if he can do this, you can do this too, Danny. What is wrong with you? no. Okay, so he's inspirational, but he's also a bit nuts because I wouldn't have been able to have run up and down my passage for the amount that he did. He almost went viral um, going up this up and down this 15-meter passage to raise money for Oily's restaurant staff. And the story was placed all around South Africa. And he's tried, um, or not tried, he is doing it again, but bigger, better, and more. He now, his aim is to raise 4 million rand is his aim. And I think he's already raised, I need 
to double check, but it's about a quarter of a million rand that he's already raised towards this um, this initiative. And it's all for the South African uh, depression and anxiety group, SADAG. As we know, mental awareness is and mental wellness is such a huge part of what we've had to deal with um, during this global pandemic, subsequent lockdown, and all this um, trauma that's come with it. So what he's going to do, he's running 2,800 kilometers <laughs> from the east coast of Cozy Bay, South Africa, to the west coast of Fuelstrift in Namibia. Uh, the way that he's doing this is he's going to run, I think it's a half marathon, which is 21 kilograms. Um, 21 kilometers, kilograms, 21 you kilometers. that every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would. Henry, Henry, can I come? I don't know how to, <laughs> can I go? <laughs> so, so uh, Henry, I would like to come as well. Um, 21 kilometers every single day for 133 days is his aim i must tell you though there is so he's he's going for the four million rand mark that he wants to um raise for this initiative but he also is looking for people to join him along the way daddy so i think when he when he gets to the joburg sort of area maybe we go maybe we should do a little bit of a run next to him on that day. I think you should remove maybe from your vocabulary. And I think we should say, yes, we're going. But Brent, I did read something else in that article that might be a setback for both you and I. Because Henry stopped drinking alcohol in December and has been training since then. I have been training for, I don't know, some kind of drinking thing from December until now. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, look, um, I won't be I won't be at his speed, but I mean I could easily smash a little six K next to him. I won't do the full twenty one, but I can I can be there for the six K. No guys, okay, wait, when is when is this happening? How long do I have to practice? So I don't know if the date has been set 100%. I think it is um, It is on his Facebook page, which I'll need to check. Okay. It is soon, though. He's going – I mean, he has to take 133 days of work, so I'm sure he has to sell his boss something. Um, <laughs> so, so it will be starting soon. I'll get that information, and we'll update everybody on the date that he starts. Okay, and then when he is in your area, you can go and run alongside him for a bit, right? Like everyone can, not just you and me. He's looking for people. You know, I think, for, if anything, um, it's encouraging. It's uh, f- to run for 133 consecutive days I... would be absolutely exhausting. To know that you have uh, the support of a community, which clearly he does, um, and to know that people are by your side, going at it with you, I think um, that could be a huge help. And again, it's for such an important cause. The South African Depression and Anxiety Group, they are at the forefront of helping South Africans with their mental awareness and uh, mental wellness. You know, you know, Danny, I remember at the beginning of lockdown last year, you actually were a huge advocate for SADAG. Um, and you were, you we were, talk about you it were every pushing week. on your Instagrams, on your Insta lives, you were sharing their telephone numbers, their details. So you, you can support in different ways. And I know you've been a huge support to them. I'm going to go and run six kilometers with this man. That is how I will support. All right. Well, depending on when we're running, I will either agree to do three or six, but I'm going to go and stalk him on Facebook and see when this is happening. Um, because <laughs> I straight when we're uh, so tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, Brent Lynn Q 
as soon as we're done with this chat, I'm going to go and pull out and dust off my poor running shoes that haven't seen the light of day for a year. And then we'll go. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We're in, we're in, we're in. Okay. Now to uh, the big news at the moment around the world, Cape Town Blaze. There's a lot happening in Cape Town and there are ways that you can help even as a Joe Burger or someone from Durban or Bloemfontein or wherever you are listening from. But tell me, okay, tell us what is happening at the moment in Cape Town. Well, the, the fires are just, um, as of when we're recording this, this podcast right now, um, they are raging and, and it's so difficult to get under control because of the, um, the wind. The wind just keeps picking up and moving that fire into different directions. And, you know, I've been watching the, the photos and the videos that have been shared online and on the news reports. And it's just absolutely harrowing um, to see what is going on in Cape Town and to see how these fires are just out of control. Uh, UCT has been affected. There's been restaurants that are affected. There's been houses that have had to evacuate um, to, to, to get to safety. And, and just, it's so sad and tragic to see how quickly a fire takes hold and how it can get out of control. I mean, at one stage, there were 70 firemen, firefighters, not firemen because it's also firewomen. There were 70 firefighters on the ground fighting this thing. And, and it's just so difficult to get under control. So you mentioned there's a couple of things we can do. Um, we need to be cognizant of the fact that there's going to be animals on the mountain and, and I'm talking about wild animals and pets that are going to need help. So um, if we can get to any of the animal shelters, if you can donate sort of blankets, food, anything in that area to the animal shelters, the SBCA is always a great uh, go-to if you want to donate. I think for Capetonians, if there are any Capetonians that are listening perhaps on podcast, um, the biggest thing you can do is stay away from the scene. Get off the roads. Give the frontline workers space to do their jobs. We don't need your Instagram photos or your Twitter reports. There are media on the ground that are doing that for us. You need to stay safe and you need to give a safe space for frontline firefighters to do their jobs. The second, if you're in Cape Town, if you're in the area, you can go donate food, energy bars, cool drinks, water, and eye drops, which is a big one, um, to your local fire stations. You don't have to phone them. You don't have to um, make sure that you can drop it off. Just rock up. Rock up, drop it off, and then get out of there as quickly as possible so that they can continue doing their jobs. Donate warm clothing and blankets um, to local shelters for the homeless. And then um, two of the, the biggest ones that I can say uh, that you can get hold of if you, if you want to do cash donations, if you're not in Cape Town would be gift of the givers yeah. um, gift of the givers do the most just what these, what this foundation does is absolutely incredible. They are currently as of Sunday night, they jumped onto the scene, started feeding people, started getting students and displaced families, places to stay safe, safe places to stay. Um, so they, and they work off donations. They're a non-governmental, non-profit organization. So please, if you can, um, and I'm not talking big money here. We need to remember 10 Rand, 20 Rand, 5 Rand, they all add up. That adds up and that helps in the bigger scheme of things. So if you can give anything, that would be my suggestion. And then like I mentioned before to the SBCA, there's going to be a 
lot of animals. There's so many wild animals on that mountain and pets as well. In times of, of this trauma, um, they are the reality is pets do go missing. The stories yeah. that we've had are quite harrowing. Then just lastly, if I can mention, I was chatting um, to a group of friends about you know, if you were faced with this dire situation, not that it has to be a fire on the mountain, but a fire in your house, like what would you pack and what would you get together to remove? Obviously, first is your partners and your pets would be what you would grab. But I would suggest, and this was, this was an amazing suggestion, is to put a bag together, even if you're not in the line of fire. If you're sort of in the space where you can see the fire, where it might come to you, Put a bag together with your passports, IDs, important documents, photos that might not be on the cloud, clothing to last you a couple of days, your hygiene products. So you've got your all your hygiene products, any medication that you may need, and then a phone charger. And put that all in a bag. Keep it by the door or put it in your car um, just so you, you can have that when you need to go and evacuate or if you need to evacuate. I think, and speaking to people that have survived fires, when they receive that evacuation message, all panic kicks in and you don't quite know what you're doing. Yeah, and I've never, Danny, I've never, yeah, and I've never, ever, ever, never has it crossed my mind to pack my passport in a bag should I be in that situation. But well, let's be honest, your ID book, your passport, your license, think about standing in queues and the admin it would take to get that back later. That's something that you can have right now um, that you need to take with you. Wow. Okay. You are, you are teaching me things here because I think to go and find things like marriage certificates or all of the nonsense that you would one day need, um, when you've gotten a message to say, you have half an hour to get out of your house, you're never, I'm not going to remember where that stuff is. So yeah, I, I, this is a really good idea. And also, you know, we all we all say we'll we'll just want to grab our pets or make sure that our husband or wives or partners are fine, but there are the one or two things that you've gotten from a grandmother or a mom, like a ring or a bangle or something that you don't wear all the time, and if it's gone, it's gone forever. You know? Yeah. Put that, it in your bag. Put it in your bag. In your bag. Okay. Last story of the day. Um, but thank you, Brent. And also a shout out to all of the firefighters. And I just want to also say before we get to the last story of the day, I think it was you a couple of years. No, I think it was in lockdown. You were chatting about the wildfire. Um, they volunteer to go and fight fire. And um, I ended up in a Google spiral checking these guys out and watching videos on how scary it's not like they're they've got a hose pipe and they're putting out a bry this is an insanely terrifying wall of fire that people human beings are putting themselves in front of to try and help save us and i think we don't understand the scope of what this is especially if you live in joburg i mean a felt fire is a felt fire but to, to see what these guys do on the daily and the, 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 what they put their bodies through, it is absolutely unbelievable that there are people like this. These are the true heroes of the world. These are the people yeah. we should be putting on a pedestal. So I spoke to a wife of a volunteer, um, what you're referring to, the volunteer wildfire services. 
um, which, I mean, they, they train you, but you're literally a volunteer. You don't get paid to be part of it. And um, I, I spoke to a wife of one of the firefighters, and she said um, that her husband being on that mountain, she doesn't know if he's going to come home. Mm. She doesn't know if, if, if the fire is going to, and it's not just fire, it's the smoke. It's everything that comes with fire. And he's putting his life on the line for no other reason than to keep other South Africans safe. It's like his calling. He, he's there to just help other South Africans that are facing this tragedy. And she's sitting at home with the kids, not knowing if he's going to come home. Um, and I think that you're hundred percent correct. These amazing human beings, these women and men that are, that are going to fight these fires, the paramedics, anybody that's on the front line right now, um, we just need to, to be keeping them in, in our thoughts and, and, and sending all our hopes and our strength that they get through this, that they get it under, under control and, and that they all stay safe. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. Okay, another shout out. So this is, I saved this one for last because this is my favorite animal in the world. And if I could have one, I would have all of them. Um, African painted dogs. Good news. Good, good news about yes. this. Yes, yes, yes. So um, there's a new pack. It's a nine of them have um, been released in the Chuchue Imfolozi Park with the support of the Wildlife Act. And, and why this is so important, Danny, and you would know this because they are both your and my favorite animals, is that they are vulnerable and on the endangered list. Um, there's only 550 that are left in South Africa. Uh, which five, is really- five, oh, 550, not... Yeah, they, so they, they believe that there's between 3,000 and 5,000 of these beautiful dogs um, that are left in the southern part of Africa, but only 550 are in South Africa. And the reason why is something that goes back to what a game ranger told me a couple of years ago. The wild dogs um, have got a very, very, very large space that they occupy, that they take up. Um, They are quite vicious. So if they they get to a farm, they will kill uh, all the sheep, they will sort of take over. But what we also need to remember is that we share this land with them. They are they were here first, um, which I think is hugely important. And we have to, have to, have to be looking after them. So they face a lot of um, a lot of dangers, and it's not from their natural habitats. Humans are their biggest, uh, their biggest killer. And that is either the the encroaching on their wild space with our buildings. Um, pylons, electricity, it's heavily dangerous for them. And then the poisoning of these dogs is what sort of happens. Um, the one thing that I love about wild dogs, and it really always makes my heart quite happy, is, is they are one of the only animals in the world that look after their weak yeah. and their old. Yeah. So they create these dens where, where they live and it's their home. And the weaker dogs and the older dogs will stay at the den and, and not go hunting anymore. And, and these packs go out, um, get food and bring it back for their grandpas and grandmas, which I love. I love the fact that they, that they um, are, are, are looked after. So these nine dogs, um, which have been released 
in this conservation. Uh, it's over 90,000 hectares um, that they will be getting, and it will just give them a beautiful space to roam and be free. They've all been fitted with collars, um, <laughs> so they haven't been tamed, oh. but they are wearing collars, uh, and that's just to track them and to make sure that they're not uh, getting into the farms or doing anything that they they shouldn't be doing. Um, I must add to the story. So for anybody that has um, Apple TV, uh, which is is what Apple had brought out, Apple TV Plus, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, there was a documentary documentary released over the weekend called The Year Earth Changed. And I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. So the documentary is narrated by David Attenborough, which is absolutely beautiful. And it's all about lockdown and how nature has been impacted during this year of lockdown. Why that matters to us, South Africa features prominently in this documentary. But one of the the most beautiful parts, so they speak about our penguins and our cheetahs uh, in Africa. There's a whole leopard thing in a lodge, which is quite pretty. Um, But then they, they... bring the story to the forefront in India. So in the certain rural area in India, they have been fighting with elephants for generations. And I'm talking humans. So the, the elephants come down from the forest and they get into the farmlands and they, they dig up all the food and they cause absolute havoc. And, and the humans now uh, had completely lost respect for these animals and would actually kill them to remove them from the space, which is incredibly tragic. But during lockdown, a lot of the families who'd been living in the cities, uh, had their degrees, they moved back home to these areas. And as a community project during lockdown, they decided to test something. And in between the farmlands and the forest, they planted food for the elephants. Crops and crops and crops of food. And when you watch this, when you watch this little part of the documentary, the elephants come down from the forest and they eat the crops that were planted for them and they do not touch the farmlands at all. They don't go near the farmlands as if they know that that food was planted for them. And I think why the story is so important is because that community that has been fighting with elephants for years and years and years and years have found a new way to live alongside these wild animals that were there first. And I think as South Africans, if it is not absolutely disgusting to hear that we only have 550 um, of these African painted dogs left, we need to learn how to live alongside them. We need to give them the space. We need to let them thrive. They were here first. Yeah. We need to um, give them a space to, to grow and thrive and live. But you know what, Brent? I think as with much of everything like this, it needs to first start in your own home. You know, you, you share your space with the birds that are in your garden or on your balcony or the spider that lives in your bathroom. And I think once we learn to share our space and not fear the things that live with us or around us or, or look at these things as problematic, you know, um, if a bird poos on the balcony or whatever it is, I think once we start looking at just our world, we can, it, it will always snowball out, right? It will, it, and eventually we'll all be going, okay, but wait, why are we poisoning wild dogs? Why are we, 
why are we doing all these things to the wildlife that we're supposed to share with? Because we're already so good at sharing in our own worlds. I think that that is such a great analogy. Um, and one of the one of the things, I mean, it was a tragic, tragic situation where a young hardy dog got um, shot with an arrow in Greenside. Yeah. And it was really, really sad to see that. But but the reality is uh, hardy dogs were here first and they are totally a part of South Africa. I love the hardy dog. For me, it's... It's this crazy bird that looks like it came out of the Jurassic era. It's yeah. only really in South Africa. It's a South African bird. And funny enough, we talk about um, birds. So that's been a huge part of me living where I am. We've got hardy dogs that we feed. <laughs> Andrew feeds yeah. them cat food. <laughs> they, they, love, they love the cat food, the chunks. So Andrew gives it to them in the front garden. We've got bird feeders all around our garden. We've got little parakeets, these wild parakeets that come and eat by us. Grey luries. Danford is full of grey luries. They're so beautiful. Um, and then more than that, we're very lucky in our where we live. Um, we've got massive porcupines that live on the estate, which is quite crazy. Um, and they eat the basically the succulents. They love succulents. And some of the neighbors were getting a little bit upset that they kept on pulling out all the succulents. So we figured out that if you have succulents in your front garden, and just in front of the succulents, if you put leftover vegetables like your lettuce or, or uh, your salad, or they'll eat all of that and they won't touch the succulents. So we've learned to live alongside those animals. Funny enough, we've also got um, jackals that live on the estate, which is quite pretty. You can hear the estate at night. So yeah, it's like an array of, of animals that we've learned to live alongside. And we don't bother them and they don't bother us. And it's, it's quite beautiful. I love that. It starts at home. Yeah, 100%. Oh my gosh, I wish I had, I wish I had hedgehogs. We don't have hedgehogs, we have hardy dogs, but I mean, I want a hedgehog, not my own one, <laughs> that I could just leave salad for every day. That would make my life. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm gonna, when you come to Danford, I'm going to take you on an animal nature walk and I'll show you the porcupines, the hedgehogs. We even got legavans. We'll take you to all of them. Uh, okay, let me go feed my birds and say hello to my bathroom spider. Brendan Q. Um, tomorrow's podcast, half past seven. Anything else you want to leave us with? I just, I want all the listeners to, to hold on to hope and don't lose hope. I know, I know, I'm, I feel it too. It's really, really tough some days. And, and sometimes it can feel like this thing is incredibly overwhelming. But I want to remind you that um, there is hope of a better tomorrow and, and we rise by lifting each other. So make you know, make space to help each other through this, even if that is through mental awareness, sharing good stories, maybe using your social media platforms to inspire instead of fight. Um, we all have the power uh, to make a positive difference on each other's lives. So do that. And of course, as always, I want to wish you guys only good things. Bye. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, friend.